0: Yeah, I mean, what type of partner would I be if I asked my girl to give up on her dream for mine? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do, but I think for me, my biggest dream was seeing her live out living out her dream. Yeah, you know? like yeah. seeing her, yeah, being turned up. Are you ready? We going to run the yeah, play. Let's do you go. know what it's like to come from nothing at all? But every day. You wanting it all do you know what it's like everyday fixing your fear but believing that your blessing is near do you know what it's
1: like growing up broken the most but still being unfolded the most do you know what it's like yeah that's what the journey's about yeah what's up you all this is Justin Owens I'm your host this is the run the play show where I help break down the top plays of success from top leaders entrepreneurs and personalities by sharing gems from their personal playbook and today's guest is a graduate from Morehouse College. He's my boy. But chief strategy officer for Steve Harvey Global, executive producer of Family Feud Ghana and South Africa. Ladies and gentlemen, my brother, Tabidi Stevens. How you feeling, man? Uh, you know, pleasure to be here, man. I'm yeah. saying I'm grateful that you came, you know. Listen, I, now I got to say something, because I didn't go to college, you know. So <laughs> we was talking to Tabidi, and he was like, man, you got to go to HBCU homecoming. For
0: sure, most definitely.
1: Yeah, my man took out, And it changed my mind. I was like, listen, I see why people go in debt. For college, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, yo, this was a vibe. I was like, I might just sign up next semester. But obviously, HBCU's a big um, for you and important. Uh, what made you go the route of you know going to HBCU over any college you could have went to?
0: Um, so honestly, man, uh, so I'm from Atlanta, born and raised, mm-hmm. right? So i um I've always seen Morehouse, and you know they have programs, camps, and things like that for inner city kids. So I've always went. And for me, I always thought like I was gonna go D one yeah. sports athletes. Then yeah. reality hits, and then it's still like I'm what still, sport? I, I played baseball, basketball, and football. Yeah, oh, man, okay. everything, man. You know, athletic, real athletic. But um, I always wanted to go, you know, D one to a big school. And uh, the reality of it, it was like just the reality of my circumstances, mm-hmm. right? So my my father, he was he used to make like two hundred fifty thousand during a recession. He started making twenty five thousand. So as you can imagine, like our livelihoods. Extremely changed over so the Quickly. age of 16. I was like nah, I bet like I gotta go get a scholarship because I gotta go to school for free All right, yeah. so did really well on my tests. You know get a the scholarships to a lot of schools. So the reason I went to Morehouse Realistically was just you know It was, uh, the scholarship. Yeah. It was a scholarship. scholarship. and then yeah. on my tour, you know Spellman being a hundred percent female, Clark being 75 <laughs> percent females. I'm pretty good at math. That was also yeah. uh, something that really contributed to it, but then I mean, honestly, man, Morehouse College is one of the, you know, top historically black colleges, but colleges in general. Yeah. Right? And it was kind of just the prestige. Uh, a lot of black people on Wall Street, the mm-hmm. majority of them, I would say, probably come for HBCUs. Yeah. Right? Or Morehouse, at least. Yeah. Um, I
1: know who was out, he was literally pointing out people like that. She's a lawyer. He's a doctor. They do this. And I'm like, they're on Wall Street. I'm like... Dang, it's, it's It was nice to see not only
0: you know people doing well, but especially people of color. You're like okay They're they on a high level. Yeah, man. They, I, they're peers Yeah, man I, Like and the thing I love about HBCU is like everyone who has a similar story or something Whether right? it's an industry kid or a kid whose parents had a little privilege and worked mm-hmm. hard to become middle class and senior here And everyone wants to do greater for themselves But the thing I really love is like I really grew up in life. This is four years of grown people, so yes, I know people who are congressmen. Yes, I know mm-hmm. people who are attorneys. And these are people I really seen like Chuck mad beers, getting in yeah. bar fights. I've seen them at you know everyone yeah. at their ugly duckling stage, yeah, right? Facts. So for me, it's just like a beautiful community, a beautiful situation. And then like me personally, being a more going to Morehouse and having such a strong community, a lot of these boardrooms and meetings that I'm in, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll see another person, typically looking like me, <laughs> and you know. <laughs> After the conversation about oh, yeah, I'm Morehouse '84. I'm like, what really? Morehouse '14. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and it's a bond because like they always gonna try to look out because they know exactly what you what you've been through, whether yeah, yeah. it's going to the West End or going to a party or yeah. struggling with accounting. Like, it's all the same story. So yeah, yeah I wouldn't trade it for the world. What well, I was about to ask you, so knowing what
1: you know now, you would still go back and do college all over? What? Because like, in the sense, like you, you're like, I mean. Entrepreneurship. Sometimes people feel like, okay, I don't got to go to college. What? So for people that do want to be entrepreneurs, and you're like, yo, I would still do it over. What were some some things that you can't get not going to college? You would feel.
0: So I was actually an entrepreneur before I went to college, right? So yeah. I had a shoe company. I was manufacturing, producing my own shoes. And um, what I'll say is, uh, the one reason I wanted to trade Morehouse for the world because that was the only time in my life where, for four years, I'm around everyone creme de la creme hmm right so everyone is the top person in their class you are yeah. around 400 500 people who think exactly like you Wow Right. Yeah. so the level the amount of information and knowledge and and systems that were shared in that time were great to my matriculation I'm learning from people who look like me and are preparing me for what it's like to really be a black man in the real world You yeah. know what I'm saying so mm-hmm. you know Morehouse had things like etiquette classes right like I took a class where they taught us how to dress when going to a corporate job. They taught us how to eat at the table, how to eat from the outside in. Yeah. If we're sitting at a table with a leader, how do you um, handle that? What type? What's the proper amount of drinks to order? Like little things that I guarantee majority of people in their homes don't know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. What is the proper amount of drinks to eat? It, it, I mean, it's like it? it's like two. All right? Two. I mean, it's two really, and then we supposed it's to kind just, of follow their lead a little bit. Or yeah, I mean. You know some people drink heavier than others, but they say it's supposed to be two drinks, um yeah, and then okay. after that it's just you know chill, and you should probably get out of there after a few hours being politic, you know, yeah, that's if good you don't wanna them. get too, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'll say it really like my level of knowledge and the amount of people that I meet, right, mm-hmm. so when I have my company, for example, the guy who designed my website, I met him in Morehouse. He's now doing like stuff for the government, like Secret Service on the coding <laughs> side. Wow! Yeah, the guy who uh, designed my shoes, I mean, that's be hard. But you know, that's still my bro. Like he's doing yeah. stuff in TV, international yeah. business now. Uh-huh. My other partner who I had in the company, he's an attorney now and like entrepreneur. And it's just like these are people who you really just wait in the line behind. Wow! You know, so I mean, it's just a skill set. And it's just an experience, man. Like these are four years of your life where you're really meeting people who are really gonna go out and change the world.
1: Yeah, because not only you get an education, but you get in a relationship that
0: you really that that part to me is probably one of the most important things. The network, bro. Yeah, the network. Because you can you can learn a lot of stuff mm-hmm. on the internet for sure, but it's nothing like having it's the pipeline, bro. Like it's nothing like having someone who s- sold bonds or. Yeah. Um, did private equity yep. um, on Wall Street, actually teaching your class who's retired, right? Like, you're really getting this. And I'm in a small class of 14 to 15 people. The difference, I'll say, between Morehouse specifically or a lot of HBCUs, we're smaller classes, right? So I, all my teachers know my first name. Hmm. A lot of people out here go to college or in a class of 200 people. The teacher don't, don't know you from your homework. They're literally right. just grading your work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm really in a place where people care about me, and then my professors having a shoe company actually put me in position to win. So they'll put me at all the conferences. They're sending me to the White House for initiatives there. Yeah. So now it's like you know it's really just a platform, but yeah, yeah I love that. it. So let's talk about this because like
1: now you know you you run business internationally. You have your own companies doing different things. You got a solid grasp on financial literacy and business tactics in general. Where did that come from? Cause it's like okay, you go from having a shoe company to like financial li- literacy. Business
0: mogul, like, where does that,
1: what does that come from?
0: Um, like, I just think it comes from like being in Atlanta, bro. Like, I've always wanted more. I've always been a person like, I'll go to my parents' friend's house, and if I see that they had something I probably didn't want it, cause it, I was like, oh, this is attainable. Like, I've always wanted a life that mm. was unattainable. Yeah. But now I'll come over and I'll be like, man, this is nice. Like, this is amazing. Okay, no to this, no to this, never hate it. Just was yeah. never envious like, alright. But if I saw too many people doing it, I'm like yeah, I don't want that. I don't want to yeah. live in certain areas. My fiance gets mad at me now because she's like, "Why don't you want to live here?" I was like, "Because I've seen too many people I know living here. This, is too, <laughs> this <laughs> too normal." Did I really do what I was supposed to do in this world? if yeah. This is where I'm at. Yeah. I feel um. That. And then it's just I've always like looked up to monsters, bro. Like I'm like, yeah. if anything. If I can really do anything, I'll be a gangster. For I, real? Yeah, but I don't want to <laughs> go to jail. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the closest thing to being a gangster is really just yeah. being a business person. Yeah, being a bit of boss. Yeah. And um, I decided that probably when I was like 10 or 12. And I was always that dude. And I'm pretty sure like you, like, I was selling, started off, first thing I think I ever started selling, like, we used to put Kool-Aid in bags, like, buy the Kool-Aid, mix it with yep. the sugar, sell it all. Mm-hmm. I was selling candy. Yeah, yeah elevated from that to uh, candy. And mm-hmm. then elevated from that to candy, chips, and juices. Mm-hmm. And, you know, started a... Started a, a grass-cutting business. I was just always fascinated. I always wanted money, right? Yeah. And then um, we had this program called Junior Achievement, and then there was also this program called like, Operation Hope. Shout out to John Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, John Hope Bryant. And basically, they came in our school. Cause I went to Grady and Emmett, like public school. They came in our schools and really taught us about business plans and building our businesses. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. And honestly, the real kick for me, I met these three dudes. It was these three guys came to my class. And, like, that's why I say, like, Influence is everything. Like you need to be able to see things. You need to expand your thinking because these three dudes came to my class. They had this caffeinated energy drink called Wanate. Wanate One was coffee day. mixed with, I don't know, red or something. Who knows, right? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't the fact that it was a good product. It was nasty. But it was the fact that like I had seen that drink in the store that I stopped at all the time for a breakfast sandwiches like weeks before. Yeah. So when they came to my class and let me know it was attainable. So that was the first time me physically seeing somebody yeah. that... That was in a position I wanted to be on Wall Street. I mean, now i Wall Street, but a CEO of a company with a co- like a product in the store. Yeah, I used to always think you had to be an old white dude. So for these young white guys to do it, they're still white. Yeah, thanks. but <laughs> that's why it's important to see people like have positive representation. Yeah, but they still inspired me to go after
1: it. It's almost like an example. You said, okay, man. It's almost like what you're saying. Like, yo, David can do that. Oh, yo, look, I can definitely wrap this up. They know it's no, it's not. It now it's just about figuring out how. Resources, relationship
0: was like, but you know it's attainable. Exactly, and then that was the next thing I did after I found out that like you can do that. So my father had a dog store on Edgewood, over by where Thumbs Up is on Edgewood, yep. right. Uh-huh. And this had to be 2007, mm-hmm. and at the time, I was just be there every day after school. But in that time, in that community, I credit all those entrepreneurs who were there. I took it. I did an internship at the art shop next door, and mm. where I learned like art depreciation. Mm. I did an internship at the consignment shop next door, where I learned how to sell and discount clothes and run it, like manage e-commerce. Mm. I did an internship at the bakery across the street, where I learned like food loss and waste, and important to like marketing your business versus everyone else. And I did an internship at a law shop, uh, the attorney's office Terry Jackson. He's still over there now. It's like an injury attorney. Did an internship there and learned the importance about like organization and actually like got to read my first real contracts. Wow! And so that's why I really accredit to like that community there, like in that Edgewood Atlanta community. Mm-hmm. That's like each one teach one positive reputation yeah. is important. It's because like without them, I don't know what I would really be. Yeah, I'm
1: I'm denying. glad you're saying that too because I'm taking a couple of things from Nick Because number one, a lot of times people see what you're doing today and it's like okay, he's he's basically like Steve Harvey's one of Steve Harvey's right hand men. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, how does that happen? But it's like, yo, let's go back. You know, you got not only that, but you said, you. it's like internships. Like, unless I'm mistaken, internships don't pay. No. But <laughs> what I'm catching from you is each one of those places, you learn something from it. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like there's some people I meet and the only thing they can take away from is like, oh man, I had this dog on internship. I wasn't getting paid no money. Mm-hmm. But you're like, no, I went here. I learned, understand contracts. I learned here. I understand how to market and sell. I learned, and so it's like, what I think is important is while you're in your process to make sure you're picking up the lessons along the way because all that stuff added up together can change your
0: life. It, it could be a formula for I, it. I can't uh, agree anymore. Yeah. Um, and I tell people all the time like life is just a math game. It's mm-hmm. an addition and subtraction of multiple good days and multiple bad days. So, if you have 10 good days in a row, you don't have a week and a half of good days. If you have 30 good days in a row, you don't have a Good month. If you had 29 good days and two bad days, you still had a good month. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's always about adding. I just want to get 1% better every day. Yeah. 1% better. If I can get 1% better, whether it's something I pick up from you going all in, like I'm picking up for you, is my boy goes all in. Like, why am I half and anything? Mm-hmm. Go all in. If I could pick up that, if I could pick up how you got, I can learn something for anybody. It might not be someone at your level sometimes. Yeah. Right. It might be someone who. I learned something from the lady at the nail shop that I'll never want to accomplish, but I look at it it's <laughs> yeah, like it's real though. And you can learn what not to do. Yeah, but as long as you learn something, it's like I just add one thing every day. So for me, it was basically like, all right, cool. I know this art guy doesn't. None of these businesses, maybe except for the attorney, is probably making the type of money I would ever want to make. However, yeah. they're all they're asking me, do I want to work? They're letting mm-hmm. me chill here, and I'm bored. Yeah, but they're letting me chill here, and they're teaching me. And now, whenever I see these people. Go out now. They're like, man, to be this, I've always knew yeah. you'll mm-hmm. be successful. I'm like, I'm happy you did because I was just trying to learn one more step to. I thought I was gonna be a shoe millionaire. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: so I'm gonna ask you a question, but I, I I wanna, cause I'm sure you've been asked this question a lot, but I, I wanna ask it a specific way, cause you know a lot of times people are like, okay, how did the relationship between you and Steve Harvey work and grow into where like you have the position you have today? So I'm gonna ask that, but more so really what I wanna ask is how do you go from like, all right, I'm a guy in college to having the ear of somebody that's senior to you? Because not everybody may be working with a Steve, Steve Harvey or have a mentor like that, but how do I go from, like, all right, I'm young, and, and then now how can I become a, a the right-hand man or woman or uh, have that person's ear? Like, how does that process develop?
0: So it's a story. That's why I had to drink some water. So I, told you I went to Morehouse College. Mm-hmm. The main thing about college is network. That's like, that's, you go to... College is to prove to people that you can set your mind to a task and complete it in four years. Okay. That's really what they're looking for and it's to network. While in college, um, end up meeting Roger Carving. He's the guy who actually designed my first pair of shoes, but it was we met on a like a non-transactional relationship just like, you cool, I'm cool. Let me see what you're doing. Oh, man, let me help you out, right? It was yeah. No contracts, no nothing. So we that's my best friend now, right? Yeah. And um, Roger's father has a, a nonprofit camp. Mm-hmm. And this is just a, a story to... You never know who's watching you, right? And it's so important to always be one hundred. So Roger goes to the camp. We put you like, oh, we're gonna ride at ATVs, play basketball. I'm like, all right, cool, shoot, mm-hmm. like whatever. We go to the camp. We're having fun. His sister was the executive director at the camp at the time. Mm-hmm. His sister hit him up, was like, hey, I need you to do whatever, go move some stuff. So he left. I was like, he's like, you can keep playing. I'm like, nah, dog, I'm about to come help you one, so we can start having fun again. But two, like, I'm not about to just be out here chilling while you are working. So worked with him. We ended up working for two days. Did such a good job working. His sister invited invited me back the next year for like because I paid for myself to come the first time. She invited me back the next year and was like, "Hey, I want to pay you know pay you to come help do the same job that you did last year at the camp." So you got invited to the camp, paid to go to the camp. I, I got I paid to go the first time just yep. because I was hanging on my friend. Yeah. The second time I got invited back. Dope. But they paid me to come back. Dope. Right. Mm-hmm. But I was going anyway because this the Steve already meant. A mentorship camp is a camp for fatherless young boys. He does it on Father's Day weekend. Uh, he brings out 250 fatherless boys and their mothers, and they each do different camps to help with different types of matriculation. We have psychologists, financial literacy people. We do you know beauty makeovers and stuff for the mom, yeah. and then the guys were just introducing them to positive male figures. So for me, I always wanted to go the the camp once I found out about it because he would have Dave Plant, CEO of Under Armour at the time, the head executive chair for State Farm. And you know five or six four to five hundred CEOs mm-hmm. toy- walking around so for me they're on this property for 24 hours I'm gonna have moments in the you know candy line at, on fishing on the lake where I can ask them opportunities yeah so I st- started doing that and what I didn't know was I had built a reputation for myself with everybody I met is like that guy's so inquisitive he's so hardworking. so respectful so honorable mm. you know just all these good accolades yeah so fast-forward Graduated Morehouse. As I told you I had a shoe company at the time. I was still doing my shoe company. Um graduated Morehouse top of my class. I was gonna to go to Harvard or Warden to get mm-hmm. my MBA. Well, at that time China had like a market crash, and I was so young doing my shoe business, and that's why I say like mentorship and learning is so important. I hadn't never met anybody who was doing like business overseas. Yeah. So I didn't have a line of credit. Um I finally had my financing and stuff together, and I was paying for everything up front, paying for a whole order up front. 150000 raw materials. The factory calls you back, like, hey, we don't have enough money to produce whatever. I was like, well, I just sent you this money for raw materials. And when you send that wire, you can't get that thing back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and now they're like, well, we can send you raw materials back. I'm like, dog, I, I don't have any place for 15 tons of raw material and shipping and all that. Like, that was all my money. So my company ended up going under, right? Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, I'm really about to go to school. One day, Roger called me. I was like, hey, man, my dad was talking to my, my uh, brother in law, Ben, and my sister who all at the camp, but like, he needs to hire somebody. He was like, man, he really, he wants to talk to you. I was like, all right, cool, like, for sure. I'm probably about to go to school, but I'll talk to him. So we end up having a conversation, and um, he asked me, what am I going to grad school for? And this goes to our first point. I said, to go meet JFKs. <laughs> Grandsons, daughters, third baby, nephew, to network. He was like, well, what do you want to do? I said, you know, I want to do big business, be in important meetings, and like, do international business. Okay. How much would you make coming out? I was like, I oh, don't know, the median income's like hundred and forty seven K or something for graduates. He was like, Okay, cool. Let me ask you one question. If you could make more money without wasting two years of your life, would you do it? Mm, that's a great question. And me being proper at the time, I was like, Well, I'm not wasting any money. I got a scholarship done <laughs> <laughs> And he was like, Don't be a smart ass. I was like, you know, I'll probably, you know, go to school. He's like, Well, if you ever change minds mind, it's like, all right, yes, sir. So drive out the gate. About three minutes later, I'm driving down the street. I'm like, did this man just offer me a job? Mm-hmm. Hey, Mr. Harvey. Hey, be here. You might if I come back over tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And it was really just God, I man. I think God's first and foremost is the reason that it happened, right? Mm-hmm. But along with that, it's like always being prepared. Like this come, came and this came five years. Like he, he told me, he's always been watching me. He always used to tell me little things like, man, you're gonna be something, you're gonna go places. You're gonna be something. So started working for him. Um, and it was in a super junior, small role, but I'm about to go to college in a few months. So I'm like, whatever, this is some little papers, some time to work. He tasked me with finding a franchise. Like he wanted to get a franchise. I his CEO at the time, wanted to get a franchise. So at the time, end up doing a deal, working all the way through. Cut a deal um, with a company that's no longer operating where, you know, it was, he ended up getting 25% of the company, right? The first refusal, you know, around 100-something locations, mm-hmm. marketing equity. Crazy deal. And it got to the point where I couldn't work it anymore. And Project well, and myself were the only people working on the deal. And his chief of staff at the time. Yeah. So presented the deal to him. And I later found out, like, before this new team and regime that he has it now, that was kind of structurally the best deal that ever came through the company. Wow. I was 22 and project was 23. Wow. Yeah. So after that, he went to Broderick and was like, yo, Broderick, I really want to I really wanna hire you to come like be this business person in my company, yada, 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 yada. And Broderick was like, hey, dad, I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, If you really want to like, grow your business and turn your business up, like, you need to hire to be. Dang. So he kind of hired me. And at first, it wasn't even in a role I was in. It was just always working up. So he hired me. He was like, come be an assistant for me. It's like, bro. I'm about to go to. I'm not about to be no assistant.
1: Sorry. So you had this conversation. So yeah. it's like, okay, yeah, I can make some more money in two years, but you didn't start out here.
0: It was like, yeah, here. I mean, he, we had that conversation, and he even still started me out like, I mean, because it was wasn't full time. Like, yeah, because no, I was gonna go to school.
1: Yeah, no, you know, I, I I'm trying to get. I want people to get the lessons of it because it's like, again, it's like the conversations. of I'm I'm even thinking about the conversation with Steve because. Like, sometimes when you're hiring people, you're thinking about exactly what you want. But he spent most of the time finding out, like, what do you want? Well, and if it's like, if that's if it works, if it's, if it's a win-win, at least that's what I'm picking up. It's like, yo, yeah, I guess, I guess where are you so. trying to go? I guess so. Do, do you want to make some more money? If I can help you make more money in less time, do you want that? And it's like, yo, if the answer was no, it's like, it's cool. Yeah. If the answer is yes, it works. And then it's like, let me get the opportunity to go up yeah. here and show yourself.
0: No, I, I agree 100%, man. And, yeah, and like you said, cool. it didn't start me off where I, I thought I should have been. You know, like, <laughs> I'm not going to school. You said I'm going to make more what, What's <laughs> yeah. up? But, um, and up working my way up. So, I was doing, I was like always in meetings with them. Right? Yeah. And uh, what I learned from that, I was like, listen, I gave myself a time period. So, I'm going to give myself 30 to 45 days to get a different position, and get a role. Mm. So, I'm sitting in all these meetings with them. And what I learned was, you know, being close to the person making the decision is really a, a powerful place to be. One, because you have to help protect them and be another set of eyes and ears for them. But I'm reading everything. Contracts, business. So now, when my work workday's over, I'm going home reading these same contracts two, three times. So when the next day comes, mm-hmm. if it's something that needs to happen, it will go, you know, go like It'll that through you. Yeah, I mean, or I can just even if he need, had a question about it, bro. Like, what's the company we're doing this with? it. It's um, so and so, so and so. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying like, just start building reputation. This. So I did that for some time, and quickly got a promotion. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, I need you. I want you to. um like do a research and development for me. All right, bet. Killed it at that three months. He was like, Man, like, I just need you with me all the time. I was like, All right, cool, bet. Boom, three months. His chief of staff is X and I he's like, I don't know what to do. And I already did all the work that he was doing. So boom, <laughs> got a co chief of staff title. And this and is within ninety days. This was in within a uh fourteen months. Uh, all these all these within uh-huh. fourteen months. So then while I'm doing that, um, one day he saw me investing. He was like, What are you doing? I'm like uh, my stock portfolio. Like, what do you mean? he's like, man, I ain't in stocks. I said, what happened? He said, I lost a shit ton of money during the recession. Mm-hmm. Forget that. I'm old school. I like seeing my money. Mm-hmm. I like real, I like real estate. I like cold hard things. I'm like, yeah, that's cool and all, But it's literally like a fundamental pillar of, mm-hmm. of wealth. Yeah. He was like, really? He was like, well, let me see what you do. So I showed him my portfolio, and I have really had no money for real because I was bankrolling all my shoe stuff. So I think I had like fifteen thousand in there or something. Mm-hmm. But I said, yeah, I started with $2,000. Mm. He was like, huh? So he ended up giving me $40,000. Mm-hmm. And through being his co-chief of staff and proving myself on that business dev side, um, I was starting to gain the stress and then my returns were starting to show. And this was, call it 2013, 2014 on the first bounce back. Mm-hmm. And um, we were end up we we're doing like anywhere between 22 and 84%. Um, a year, and mm-hmm. then of course we had like some years where we did a few thousand percent. Wow! But yeah, but that's the story. that Like that's what everyone, how everyone found out about me when he yeah. said it in the UIL to be like yeah, forty grand and turned it to, forty like, x. Sheesh! Yeah, yeah, that moved you up the ranks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then from that man, it was just like always being honest. Like it's my best friend's father, so I yeah. treat him like a father. He's like a a mentor to me. But yeah. honestly, like. I really just attested to him, like his ability to, like, you know, sometimes people can see more of you than you can see in yourself and yeah. you might not think you're ready. Mm-hmm. And, um, and since then, man, he's just put me in positions. Like, I've met five, six presidents. I've done international deals wow. across the world, mm-hmm. executive producer on TV, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's how I got a job a long time of just being yeah. solid. How, how, do you, how do you honor the position? You know, because I I believe like
1: like honor is like a big thing in like business and like especially like a mentor. Because sometimes people get in a position they forget. Like how do you say okay? Because like even when we was talking, like it's like Mr. Harvey. It's like yo, yeah. It ain't like you know I'll call him
0: Steve. Just yeah, you know. of course, yeah. You know. Yeah, but I can never. Yeah, I would never. But it's also like a respect thing. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's my best friend's father, right? Like my father literally gave him permission to like hit, put hands on me if I messed up his money, right? Like, yeah. It's, it's like a relationship like that. Um, but it's just. I don't know, but it's, I, I can't even answer that question because it's not even, you know, he has to remember who put you in a position like he really changed my life, right? Yeah. But also, I guess I'm just so blessed. I'm in an area like what y'all see on that on TV motivation. That's him all the time, bro. So I'm getting gems every day, right? Yeah. Gems about delayed gratification, right? Um, all all uh, what is it? High tides raise all boats. Mm-hmm. Um, Enjoy the journey, and and I'm getting these lessons. Imagine like how me and you talking, and these people are about to get this lesson right now. Like I'm getting at eight to twelve hours a day, wow, for the last eight years. That's dope. You know, so for me it's kind of, and it's just also just appreciation, appreciating the journey. Like I told him when he hired me, like I'm gonna help you make a billion dollars, and then after that we can figure it out. Worst case three hundred million, and I got a lot of hope, more hundred millions to go. Yeah, but it's also like fun for me, right? Yeah, yeah, that's 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 so.
1: Now, you getting into international business, was that kind of like a on-the-job training? Like, all right, I'm figuring this out, as we go. You know what I'm saying?
0: So, um, like I said, always gems. Mr. Harvey is really under the mindset, like, he he will call you and tell you to do something and just hang up. So we were in Botswana at the African Diamond Council, and uh, we met the president of Botswana. That was like the first African country we really started doing work in. He called our COO up, Brandon Williams. He's our GC and COO. Mm-hmm. He's the guy I'm always supposed to be, also a mentor to me. Yeah. Um, and he's like, hey Brandon, I want to do Family Feud in Africa. And Brandon's like, what? And he just hung up the phone. <laughs> so then Brandon calls me and he's like, yo, what did he say? I said, yeah dog, like he wants to do Family Feud in Africa and he's like, all right, so does he want the African host? I said, no nah, dog, he wants to host it. He said, oh, he really wants to do it. Cool. Um, and that was actually like our first international business deal. Brandon ended up securing the rights for the continent, um, or wow. for the, the specific countries. And say SH did it. Called him in November. Brandon and I that next year spent probably 120 days on the continent that's mm-hmm. figuring out how to make it happen because it had never really happened before. Mm-hmm. And then our partners told us it was impossible. So we were taking meetings. we were, I think we took sixty. We we're taking two to three meetings every day, minimum, and these aren't like BS meeting, these are like figuring out, you yeah. know, like let's figure some stuff out, mm-hmm. and then we still handle all our business in the States. Dang. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, so we did that for a while, and um that kind of opened up the door, Mr. Harvey wanted to do, you know, Melt, um, Melt Africa, but it was just straight on-the-job training, but I'm in the mindset of like, I know I have the skill sets, mm-hmm. I know I have the relationships, I know I have the work ethic between myself and Brandon mm-hmm. and anyone else on our team if mm-hmm. we don't have it we know who to get who knows how to do it right yeah. we're partnering with Fremantle, which is the biggest one of the biggest TV conglomerates in the world they introduced us to multiple people reputable people to who we can partner with who would love to work with us right mm-hmm. so it was really just a beautiful strategic joint venture that we kind of led and um, that opened the door into doing we're in everything from offshore oil infrastructure agriculture last mile delivery um doing business in South Africa, Botswana, Ghana, um about to open up in Nigeria, Congo, uh and Egypt. Wow. Yeah. But it's definitely was on the on the go train on I mean, Yeah. Like, I wanted to do IB so I had an idea. Mm-hmm. And then it's also a thing like people need to take advantage of opportunity. Yeah. So Mr. H called Brandon. Brandon was doing the deal. I know how heavy his plate load is. I know I wanted to do IB. I started doing IB on the, from the R&D perspective, just sending it to him to the point where when it came time for him to take his trip, Brandon was like, I need someone to come with me. <laughs> right? There you and go. so that's a, a story into having, one, someone championing you and having a good reputation. Like, mm. champions are very important. Mm-hmm. So without him championing me, I never would have had the opportunity. But it's also a story in, like, being proactive. Like, yeah. You have to be proactive and, like, success is being prepared when opportunity comes. Like, yeah. The people, a boxer isn't great on the night that he has to fight. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. right. The night he wins the championship belt is just the highlight of his whole journey. They have been yeah. great since they were 8. They've been great since they was 12. They've been great since they was 14 training multiple hours a day waking up from running at 5:30 for no reason. LeBron James didn't just get great when he scored yeah. broke the record. That's a fact. He been training how long for that? Yeah, his whole really his whole life. Exactly, bro. But pe- a lot of people just think like I think people think success comes so quick especially cuz of the internet like. People look at you, mhm. And what? Yeah. What? And they think, dang! I, I want the easy. cars. I want the yeah, life. Yeah, I want. Yeah. I want the set. Yeah. I want the community. Mm-hmm. But they don't know Justin no. Owens when he was <laughs> when he was waiting on the bus. I don't know if you were the bus or waiting, on, or waiting on waiting on someone to pick you up. Yeah. Or you really had that moment where you said, I'm, "I need to do better." Yeah. No. That's, no, bro. Let that, me ask you a question. Uh-huh. What was the moment? Like, what was the moment for you when you was like, "I know it's something more for me out there." The
1: moment for me, I you know my so my parents had a cleaning business when we was kids. Okay. So we was clean, like I was literally in second grade. We I'm like my childhood was, go to school, and at night time we clean the buildings. Okay. That was from second grade to like ninth grade in high school.
0: Okay.
1: So part of my thing was uh, I don't want to do this, but I like the freedom of it. Well, it really was a, tra- tra- a change a changing uh, point in my life. It's funny. I remember being in third grade and, you know, you get like a supply list from school and one of the things on there was a 64 pound, 64 count of Crayola crayons, you know, with the little sharpener mm-hmm. in the back. I took that to my parents. I was like, yo, we got to get these 64 crayons. My dad was like, we're not getting you 64. We're going to get you eight. I was like, eight? I can't Man, I So we in class. Everybody crayons. got the little sharpener in the back. The teacher's calling out colors that I ain't even got in my box. like, all right, everybody pull out the color cyan. I'm like, yo. <laughs> man, the world, I got this joint in my back. You know what? If I have kids, I'm gonna give them that 64 count of crayons. And so it was like little stuff like that that started driving me that. But I was learning stuff from my dad cuz I'm seeing him, I, they would bring me around business deals like getting the contracts to clean the buildings. And I'm like, "Okay, man, we could do this, but we ain't got to be the people in here cleaning, do we? Like, can we just get the contracts?" And so that was kind of like my introduction to entrepreneurship. And so when I got to high school, um, we didn't have a computer our entire lives until ninth grade. But when we got a computer, my dad got the best computer at that time. So I was the first person in school with a with a CD burner. Hustling five dollars, so, mixtapes. Bro, no. Ten dollars oh, yeah. because you go to the record store and get something for twelve, and I'm like, listen, this is ten, you can put everything you you're want. You doing now.
0: mixtapes or you was burning whole CDs? Both. Lime wire. Lime wire. <sighs> Lime wire, this is a
1: casa, and one more. I forgot what it was, my brother would know. And We was downloading the burning. I even had a
0: little label that you put the cover on it. I you just feel look. like entrepreneur like People see you. Yeah, they will never know that they'll never know you probably made a few hundred and didn't take no profit. No, nah, yeah, or that's, that's when you start it. learning like yeah,
1: okay I got these CDs, but I can't take all the profit because my dad was like I'll buy you one stack of CDs You got to do the rest he did it whatever every business we had it was like we had candy He, he was startup like, capital. I bought the first one you got to do everything did y'all ever else. pay him back for the candy, I did. <laughs> for the, I feel like I feel like in eleventh grade, I think I gave him back the money for. Well, I tried to. He the didn't CDs. take it. the CDs. He was like, "No, nah, I'm not taking that because it was like fifty bucks or something like." that. He was like, "No, nah, you good." But I, the CDs flipped into um, selling throwback jerseys, yeah, which flipped
0: into selling it's, rims, which was you know. Accurate. I never. I sold everything that was legal. Yeah, but it's actually like a story, and like I feel like a lot of times. If we start talking about finance or any of these business deals or any things that I'm doing, people look at the number and be like, hypothetically, 100000 is so far away from me. Yeah. And the truth is, it's not. And, yeah. like, I'm probably going to say a lot of Steve Harvey gems, but, like, it's the power of 10. Like, you don't have to f- have to have a million dollar idea. You have to have a $10 idea and figure out how to do that thing 10 times. You were selling TVs for $10. You did yeah. it 10 times. You had $100. Yeah. Do that 10 more times. Yeah. It's what a thousand dollars? Do that ten more times. That's ten thousand. Mm-hmm. Do that ten more times. That's a hundred thousand. It's just about mm-hmm. find an idea, right? It's like it's tight. Yeah, it's just little things, bro. It adds up. Mm-hmm. But so often we get caught up in like instant gratification is yeah. crazy, though.
1: It's, it's wanting it quick, but it's also like I think it's also not understanding what people go through. Because like I think the easiest thing for a person to say is an entrepreneur is like you don't understand. Like, well, I may not understand. Exactly that situation, but I do understand not having something and wanting it. Yeah, I do understand wanting to be here now, and I'm down here. Yeah. I get all of that, but also understand that like there's some things that you that you developed in high school, relationship wise, that has that still serves you today. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and so I think you know, and I want to ask you about this because for me, relationships are more important than money. Mm-hmm. I re- I rather have a relationship than money because mo- I I just always tell people money comes from people, and if you ain't good with people and then- getting around people you ain't gonna be good at making money and i feel like that's a skill that's not really taught in business i don't know why a lot of people don't really teach hey how do you build solid relationships and be genuine without wanting something in return you you're really good relationships and a lot of your businesses relationships how do you what, what are some things that maybe you could share that could help people master building relationships maintaining relationships long term
0: um So actually, one of my job roles is like actually maintaining a lot of Mr. Harvey's relationships that he has. So whether it's like ABC, Disney, WME, I'm just you know partner relations. Um, Yeah. So it's funny that you said that, Um, but I didn't even know that. That's dope. You know what I mean? It's it's an onion. It's an onion. Um, (laughs) But but one of the things I say, like for me, if you look and go to a lot of events, Mm -hmm. and I've been at a lot of super expensive events, and you look around, there is a small percent of people who pay. And those people cover the cost of everything else. Mm-hmm. And there's a big percentage of people who are invited for influence. And there's also a big percent of people invited because they know someone who can get them a band or a ticket or a pass. Yeah. And I realized that at a young age. And once I realized that, it's like money is important.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Money is extremely hard to get and takes a long time. Relationships are just as important. A little easier to build. You don't need money to build relationships. That's a fact, right? A little easier to build, and at the end of the day, could be the catalyst for me making money. A lot of people make money off relationships, but a lot of the relationships that are made off of money are either temporary or fake. That's a fact. You know what I'm saying? So for you me, see it every time fall stuff fall apart, you oh, like, yo, what happened? Yeah, what happened? Oh, we stop making money as mm-hmm. soon as people start making money, they start suing, they yeah. start. Uh, the dude from the XXX case, they mm-hmm. say he started snitching on the dude everybody because he got five thousand, and they all got fifteen. Like when it, when relationships are based around money, mm-hmm. it's harder. But like money made off relationships is like a, a real easier thing for me. Facts. But for me, it's like a t- first tip I'll say is just be yourself and mm-hmm. be genuine. Yeah. Um, the coolest thing about a person is just being yourself. Like I I love people be like man, you rocking them like yeah they like they're not anything like you like I know. And I'm cool with that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to hang out with myself all day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Fact. It's like, the coolest thing about somebody is when they're extremely themselves. If I see somebody acting too hard or mm-hmm. mimicking everything I say and not having any, like, original thought, come on now. I'm I'm, I'm going to realize what's going on. Right. Nice. So that's the first thing. The second thing I'll say is um, be intentional. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to have a relationship with somebody, don't be overbearing, but be intentional. Yeah. Um if you're in a room, ain't got to take the chance, like, hey, you're in a room with somebody. If it's a chick in the room mm-hmm. or whatever you're attracted to in the room, and you see that person over there, if you don't walk over there to them and talk to them to approach them, then it will never happen, right? right? Or you can hope that, like, you can see them staring at you, too. Yeah. You be sitting over there in the corner like, <laughs> I, see you, I see you looking at me. I see you looking at me, right? Yeah. But then at the end of the day, if you don't go over there, it's not going to happen. So you have to be intentional about what you're going to do and then be selective, like, you have to be very selective in timing. If you see someone talking to someone else at a certain time, just wait. Yeah. Try to have some type of information. Try to have something that you know everyone else isn't gonna do, yeah. right? So, if you meet someone and you know all they do is talk about real estate, but then you also know like, oh, they have a golden doodle. You be like, man, so, I also have a golden doodle. Yeah, yeah, that like, oh, really? Like, find something to piece their interest, right? To kind right. of hold a conversation. But one of the best things, man, I'll have to say, is just you know introductions help, and that's why I say being real and being solid to people really helps you, right? So if you meet someone and you might have only met them one time, how often do you dap people? I'm talking about from back here, not even like what's up, like it's a back (laughs) back here. (laughs) You might have met them five, six times, yeah. Or you might have seen them in a place, but in their mind, they know you about your business, Mm -hmm. you handle your business, you're very cool and personable, yeah. And he'll be like, oh, so and so, that's my boy. I'll introduce you, right? Yeah, so. That matters, but that introduction is the most important thing. Like, you introducing somebody to me versus Joe Blow, who I know doesn't handle their business, is going to be kind of it's different, different, right? Yeah. So it's up to that, up to you to know exactly who, if you're going to have an introduction made, is introducing you to this. Yeah, I like that. that was, man, that's some bars, bro. I told you better around stay yeah. high all day. Y'all better take some notes.
1: You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Finally, y'all want me to uh, fan in. Now, nah, let me ask you this. I'm going to ask you the opposite is... So you do meet a lot of people in business. What are some things that you like, yo, I don't do business with people when I see this or when I recognize this. What are some turnoffs in business?
0: I mean, people who don't do what they say they're going to do. A lot of times, like the one line I really don't like is like, hey, I got a million dollar idea for you. I got a $10 million idea for you. Have you made $10 million? (laughs) No. So if you haven't made $10 million, Mm -hmm. why are you giving me? Ten million dollars when you wouldn't just do it. Why are you not just doing it yourself? Right. You know? Um, so I I stay away from that one. Um, and any like business venture I'm looking into, uh, if someone says to me like in a day, this company is XYZ, if we get this, it's this much market cap, if I get one percent of this market cap is this many dollars a year revenue, I'm probably not investing in a business. <laughs> okay, oh of course a- anybody I've can, heard that before anybody too. can get that much uh in revenue. Um on any level of parenting, if, if you're a parent and you don't handle your, or anybody, if you don't handle your responsibilities mm-hmm. at home, mm-hmm. like, I really can't do business with you because if you're not going to take care of your own child, wife, partner, husband, That's uncle, then I'm not, you're not going to take care of me. Wow. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, it's really just, uh, let's see, what else? What else don't I like? Um... I don't know. I, just, I don't say. it I say yeah. no more than yes. Yeah. But that's yeah. how like you increase your success rate. Like, if, and then you don't have the time. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, I was reading this book, uh, Essentialism, by Greg McKeown. He'll probably be a good person to have on here. Oh, better. And basically, Essentialism talks about energy, right? So, let's say I got twenty projects over here, mm-hmm. and I do twenty projects a day. Those twenty projects are all getting five percent of my energy. Mm-hmm. However, if I have one project that I'm working on solid, then that should get all my energy. Mm-hmm. And the book Essentialism essentially talks about every decision you make should be based around two things: mm-hmm. your financial well-being or your happiness. Ah, oh, that's dope. Every everything I do is based around those two things. Hmm. If it's not one of those two things, it's probably not gonna be important. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, this is for your happiness. This is for yeah, your smart. financial well-being. I'm doing this because my happiness. I like talking to you. I like eating. But you. you gotta go yeah. get some sushi afterwards facts. right? You know, big facts. So it's like he like every, a couple yeah, L's. Sport, yeah, man. You know what I'm <laughs> no, but it's like, and it's just like iron shopping, iron, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, real. you know, I'm, I know I'm doing a lot of business stuff. You're not doing. You're doing a lot of business stuff. I'm not doing. We yeah. might not ever do a transaction together ever. Yeah. But it's like those conversations could be yeah. multi million dollar conversations. For those real. networks can be multi million dollar networks. You know. Yeah. And I love like, uh, like what y'all doing with y'all circle CEOs like, and yeah. I think that's that's so dope because in so many other communities you'll see people put their money together to buy X, Y, Z. You see. People put the information together. Like, listen, yeah. this is how I just made a million. This is how you can make a million. But I feel like in the black community especially, it's like, I, I done made 10. I want to I have 100. I don't care if Justin gets one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I really love that, man. Yeah.
1: They, I appreciate that, bro. And I feel like that's one of the things we talk about it, I feel like has to change. It's like, it, it, you know, some of it is like we just haven't been around that long. You know, in this capacity, a lot of this stuff is new. Like, you know, bro, the, the generation that we're in, like, I don't... The last generation, they see a lot of normal, average, ordinary black kids doing this, unless they was in sports or entertainment or something like that. And even then, they were spending it. They weren't saving it. They weren't investing it. So the financial literacy—that's why, like, even like the EYL stuff is really important. So I think it's just people like you, um, you know, and and other entrepreneurs saying, "Okay, I'm gonna get it, but let me be an example of like how do we do this? How do we take care of home? How do we take care of kids? How do how do we take care of our spirituality? Whatever is important, I think, is our bodies. We were talking about working Mm -hmm. out. You know what I'm saying? You got to." Try to take as care as much as possible, I think, yeah. um, to be able to win. I'm actually on the relationship side because I think this is something that happens a lot of times in in business. Congratulations on the fiance! I know y'all get married soon. Pretty you know sure what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Y'all both bosses. <laughs> she the boss. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you I traveling, she I traveling. I thought I was the boss. <laughs> <laughs> how do you, because there are people that are in relationships like that where it's like, okay, man, we, we're both, both very busy. So one of the questions I'm going to ask you is, like, how do you find the time for each other? And then two, how do you even manage life in business
0: and the relationship with a lot of that going on? Um, So I think the first part is like me and my girl, we met in college. So I went to Morehouse, she went to Spelman. and So we've been together. We had a little period where we broke up when I moved to LA, got a little crazy. But (laughs) prior prior to that, I think it's just time, man. We've really grown together, right? Yeah. So we both seen each other yeah. as Ugly Duckling. We both seen each other and live life. Like we've really grown with each other. Yeah. Um, and I will say, like, I know a lot of times with relationships, like I was in Atlanta, she was in, uh, I was in LA, she was in Atlanta, so we was doing, like, a lot of the long distance, but we was making that commitment, like, hey, you're going to get on this flight. She was doing more flying than me, but she was going to get on this flight. Mm-hmm. She will get on the red eye landing in Atlanta in the morning, right? It's just, like, sacrifices. So I'll say the first part is, like, we were willing to make sacrifices yeah. for each other. Um, I'll say the second thing is like we had to really just it didn't really work until we were both committed. Yeah. So even if she a hundred percent it's two people. So if, yeah. if she giving a hundred percent and I'm giving fifty, it's still only seventy five percent in the relationship. You see what I'm saying? It takes two people giving a hundred mm-hmm. or ninety percent. Um so I'll say that was the, the second thing and then it was just growth, man. Like I feel like a lot of times people have to really grow with each other. Mm-hmm. Right. So what she liked at twenty one, Ain't what she like at twenty five. Yeah. So what I was doing at twenty five, that she like ain't what she like at thirty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's just being I having that wherewithal to understand it. Like, like she's a person. I'm not perfect. You know, as men, we like to think we guys give to earth. You know what I'm saying? I smell myself (laughs) all the time, and it's just like understanding. You know that other emotions involved But as far as the traveling and stuff, it's just I think we both understand. Like, I want to talk to you. You want to talk to me. However, we both want to build. We both. I think are probably the wealthiest people in our family right mm-hmm. now. We um, yep. both got it out the mud. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of similarities, um, but I think it's just understanding. Like she has a goal and a, and a mission to. Of course, she wants, could be a housewife and wants to be one, but she's also like, I want to live my dreams. I want to build myself up too. And yeah. like for me, I think it's nothing more badass than my girl being like, like my birthday. I went to same bars, and she like she paid for my whole birthday. Mm. Yeah, I, I literally just walked on the plane. <laughs> like to me, that's boss. That's boss. And yeah. she doesn't have to, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I'll just say, man, it's just like understanding. Like that's the the tip that I have. Like you gotta be understanding. You gotta be willing, understanding, this sacrifice. Now I'm not saying put up with no BS. Yeah. Um, and it's just a team sport, man. Like we didn't really start working until we was both committed to winning. So when I was fifty percent, she was a hundred, and it worked. When I was a and she was fifty, and not work. When we was both seventy five, it didn't work. Like it's really. 100, and that's my that's my homie, man. I love, I love my girl. Like, like I love kicking the winter. We mm-hmm. we like got a lot of the same hobbies. Mm-hmm. And then she also picks up in the places I don't. Like she gonna take me to. I go to all the fly shit. Like oh, you see the stuff I be posting. Like, yeah, I do it, sure. dog. Yeah. She be playing 99 percent that shit. <laughs> I be hustling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so. yeah,
1: no, that's dope. You know, I feel like you got to have a teammate. And I, I want to bring it up because you know, some, like we live in a world today. Also, you know, sometimes as men. You see people that are just like, oh, I'm just out here in the streets, you know, what I'm just out mm. living life. And I'm not knocking if you're in the streets, you do your thing. Yeah, you got to get it out your system. You gotta get out and, and get it out your system. You got to get it out of there. But at a certain point, it's like at the same time, it's like, man, for the for the next level, it's like the foundation of family, the foundation of relationships and being able to build. But also being able to have examples of people that can actually teach you how to do it the right way. Because yeah, there, there, there's some people that you know, there's people that's doing it, but they teach you to do it a little differently. You know what I'm saying? So. I just wanted to hear that um, because there are people that date people that are entrepreneurs and what I like about it is like neither one
0: of y'all are saying either person has to give up on their dream. Yeah. I mean, what type of partner would I be if I asked my girl to give up on her dream for mine? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do, but I think for me, my biggest dream is seeing her live out, living out her dream. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. seeing her yeah. being turned up. Yeah. And then for me, it's like when I got out of college, like I was an entrepreneur, my girl was making bank. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, it was getting over like it was that humility part of that.
1: I was gonna ask you. So at the beginning, she was making more money there. Ah, uh, nah, yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure.
0: I was gonna for sure, ask you. For can sure. you date somebody making more money? But I guess yeah. at the beginning she was for sure. Yeah. And even now, like I think like, I don't know when it's gonna drop, but like she's chief of staff at Uber. Like she got a really high position there for like, one of the top people there. Right. So yeah, she's I'm doing hard. her thing. She still making bread. Um, but at first, like it was a little insecure being a hundred. Mm-hmm. You know, like are uh, you going to work? Well, whatever. And we were, young. I was 22. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? She's so, 21.
1: Let's talk. All right. So maybe cause there might be some guys listening to, like, the girl oh. making a little money. So how, how what were some things there? Like,
0: you said, humility. Like, what was the? It was really, I mean, if it if it doesn't push you mm-hmm. to do more, my, if it, then I don't, you know. It ain't in you. Yeah. I, don't, I ain't <laughs> know how to say it. It ain't in so you, me, my guy. So for me, she pushed me. It pushed me to do more. Um And... She pushed me to do more. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I tell like, people, like, a, a lot of times, like, your partner is an elevator, bro. Yeah. And no matter what you say, it's either going to go up or down. They ain't never going to say the same. So, if hmm. you know, your partner is either going to take you up and elevate you, even if it's only one floor of elevation, even if it's introducing you to one new place, or they're going to be draining, t- messing up your credit, or messing up your life, or just giving you stress. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever That's it might so be. So, yeah. I feel like your partner's like an elevator. So for me, it was just, I just wanted someone who's going to help elevate me. I know this journey I'm on is a hard one, right? Like, I told yeah. you I was out of the country 120 days. This time yeah. I'm in the Middle East three, four weeks at a time. I mean, mm-hmm. she comes now, but we ain't always have it like that, right? Yeah. Um, and it's just, like, you got to have somebody who's on the same mission. So, like, I feel like having aligned goals are important. You ain't got to be 100% alike, but, like, Right, I want to do this. I want this type of lifestyle. Me too. Yeah. what so do you, I have to do to get it? That's what I was about to say. So, the aligning
1: goals is like, okay, we're not in the same business or even the same industry, but this is the things we want to accomplish together. Yeah. You do this part, I do this part. This is how we can both get there.
0: Yeah. And, like, I ain't going to lie, like, I'm perfect, bro. We still figuring this stuff out now. And yeah. we're getting married in June. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. And then, like, you know, life growing with people, bro, change. you. You know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, bro, I think. Having a girl that's a boss is a blessing. Even if you don't have one, your girl is a boss in other areas. She's yeah. the boss of your house. Mm-hmm. She's taking care of your kids. Um, she she's doing all the appointments for your life insurance. It's like yeah. it's so many ways. Like you don't have to just be an asset at Like money, you can be. She can be your piece. Yeah. Like that yeah. person could just be the person you just want to talk to and invent. Uh, vent. Yeah. Or you want to go on a trip and she's your buddy, right? Like you know. Yeah. so Yeah. That's man. Y'all gotta take some notes on this. That's
1: good stuff, man. I'm not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer. I'm not perfect. He said, it be Listen, yeah. I'm still working on it. But I think man, I think that's that's the thing, bro. It's like, I don't feel like you gotta be perfect to, to share uh advice that could be beneficial. That's you know, like I, you know, I ain't perfect. I'm I just started my workout journey 60 days ago. And But your I homeboy is super fit, so it should be easy. In fact. Yeah, but nah, bro. because you know <laughs> what was tough is it's like, man, I don't want to go to the gym starting at the bottom. You don't want, to see people, want people to see you there. you <laughs> ain't what it's out. Because like, I'm like, yo, and, you know, I was literally just talking to my guys about this today. I was like, what I enjoy about this process is, like, I it was, it was humility all over again. Because, like, here you are at the top of your game over here. And here you're over here. You can barely lift 10 pounds or do 20 push-ups. You're like, dang, I'm winning over here, but I suck in this area. I got to fix this. Cause I can't. I, I don't want to. I don't want my whole life to be like. Well, I'm just. Win- I don't want to just be winning in one space, and losing every place else. So mm-hmm. I said, okay, you know what? Body, it's it ain't gotta be perfect. But can we can we make an improvement? Can we can we tighten it yeah. up? Can we get you know a little bit stronger? And I think um, a lot of people, especially as entrepreneurs, you can kind of you get so focused on your career, you forget about your body, forget about your
0: health, until you get a little older and you feel your body changing. You be like, wait a minute, I need. To- <laughs> Man, you only get you only get one body. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, ain't no redoing. You only get one set of teeth. thanks I mean, you can get veneered. Yeah. But you only get one body. <laughs> so you get and then also in this role that we own, man, like what I learned, especially, I tell you, bro, I think I'm really blessed. Like mm-hmm. people ask me, like, what's the one of the major attributes to my success? I'll say Steve Harvey, Brandon Williams, like the two wow. people I work with the most, right? Because I work with a guy who's 66, a guy who's 45. A guy who has a life, two guys who have lives I aspire to have, and then they see me going left and be like, hey, bro, hey, bro. bro, This is how you're supposed to do it, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, I think lessons that I got from them, bro. just Game changers. Yeah, like, it's really game changers, you know? Yeah. I was talking to my
1: friend Tia, and I was like, I feel like teeth are BBLs for guys.
0: What you think about that? Beards. (laughs) Beard. <laughs> hey, you see a uh, you see a dude with a beard, and you be like, <laughs> he look a little. Is that, is that Wendell? And they be like, what? And you Here's somebody, Who is that? I'm like, no. man. Throw the beard. Up. I you know I can't. I don't think it's even. I can't. I don't think I can do it. I think teeth are a, a port, like a sign of what, like wealth. Like if you yeah. the more you travel the world, you'll realize like, damn dental hygiene, because a lot of people don't have insurance.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know. <laughs> a lot of people don't have insurance. Yeah, but you know what I realized though, bro? It don't cost that much, even without insurance to go to the desk. Yeah, but people are irresponsible. And like that's why, I, like, that, that, a story like that is like my biggest, one of my biggest proponents. Like, people be getting caught up in the funk. Yeah. like I always wanted to make sure, like, forget what I, what I got on. I got on some off the leash right now just promoting, but, yeah. you know, um, forget what people have on, forget what they portray. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be financially good. Yeah. like. Thanks. My car is paid off, Mm -hmm. living, whatever. Like, I want to be good. Life insurance, all that. And I feel like a lot of times people get so caught up in, I get three grand or I get $2,200 for my paycheck. I'm about to have a $2,000 apartment. I got a credit card. And it's like little things. Like, to me, bro, I don't get impressed. I don't think someone's up when I see jewelry, AP, watch, Mm -hmm. glasses, Mm -hmm. material. Like, I think... And I hope these people really hear me when I say this, but like, you really have it together when you have your basic essentials. Cause like, you you got, your know, spot might not be the best, but you got a spot. Yeah. You don't have all the channels, but you got some type of cable. Mm-hmm. You don't have the best insurance, but you have some. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a savings. Like mm-hmm. you staying in eating oodles and noodles, not because you have to, because you can go out, but you're trying to save up to buy a course. You're trying yeah. to save up to invest. You're trying to do whatever you want to do. So, like to me, those are the most financially stable people. Those are the people who, like, I think, are going to be, you know, ill equipped or, or better equipped to handle the next five years, six years, because those people building these principles. It's about building the principles now. Yeah. Like I said, years of doing stuff. Yeah. Building these little principles now. Damn! I save a thousand this year. Damn! I save two thousand. Damn! I'm still getting that same percent. Now I say twenty five. Mm-hmm. And you look up, you got a hundred thousand, fifty thousand. You know, right. like it's about doing the little steps now to kind of yeah. Get where you yeah. want to yeah. go. Yeah, I like it. Uh, you you said you
1: spent a lot of time. Um, I know we was talking on like UAE, yeah. Dubai. I haven't been there. I, that, that's my uh, goal. You know what I'm saying. Man. When, when these days you go, I'm gonna go yeah. with you. you know what I'm saying, and but the, like, t- tell us about that that side of the world, business, because you said you feel like more people need to go over there, experience it, but also get into business. Yeah. And that side of the world, can you, can you shed some light on that?
0: Yeah, man, so I um, started going to the UAE um probably like seven years ago. Started mm-hmm. doing business there about five years ago. And once again, it's just it's like, one, Steve, like Steve Harvey putting me in an extraordinary position, having belief in me. yeah um I think I was like 25, but I was also working with Brandon, so it helps, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I had someone with some experience. But he wanted to go over there and do some business. So mm-hmm. he would do speaking engagements, and he invested millions of dollars, for sure, in like travels, and all together. Travel, yeah. uh-huh. stay, flights, mm-hmm. meetings, mm-hmm. paying for the team to be out there, air exploration, right? Mm-hmm. Investing into his idea that he had to to do Steve Harvey Global. Mm-hmm. And um, he uh, went to the F1 race. He met the ruler of the UAE, Sheikh Mbizi Mohammed. So in the the UAE is a monarchy. Mm-hmm. So that means there's one ruler. Whatever they say goes. And um, after that relationship was cultivated, Mr. Harvey was extremely determined. So Brandon and I, again, spent about 60 days in the
1: UAE
0: mm-hmm. um, developing concepts, figuring out business opportunities. And now we have Melt Middle East, which is a company Brandon and I set up for Mr. Harvey. Of course, he's the chairman, CEO, runs mm-hmm. it. Um, and the main job of that company is facilitating transactions for, like, Eastern and Western worlds, right? So oh. we would take... XYZ company in California that makes the best roasted coffee in the world, and they want to expand and get to the Middle Eastern market, and then we'll pair them with the biggest grocery store wholesaler who wants to white label, do their own coffee, or the biggest coffee shops over there, mm-hmm. and vice versa. We'll connect a major government organization over there with a, a star or a person mm-hmm. over here that they really want to work with. So we've been doing some pretty good transactions. We create a lot of original IPs out there, mm-hmm. and now it's to the point where like in four or five years, we've actually become known on both sides in the States. If you want to come do business in the Middle East and I need some help, they're usually hitting myself, Mr. Harvey or Brandon. Yep. And in the UAE, they're hitting myself, Mr. Harvey, or Brandon if they want to do something on the other side. So coming to your relationship conversation, build cultivating both of those relationships, now it's kind of being known as like the plug over there. Yeah. And to answer your question about how is the UAE, it's amazing. Like A lot of people always think of Dubai and Abu Dhabi. The UAE yeah. is seven Emirates. Dubai and Abu Dhabi are two. The UAE is 51 years old. Everything that you see in the UAE was built in 51 years. All this Dubai stuff was built in 51 years. It was a desert before that. Beaches and all. They've built an island. Wow. Um, Main reason I love it, no crime. Mm -hmm. I'm from Atlanta, dog. What do you mean, no crime? Literally zero crime. Uh, You can't have a car past a certain age. Everything's brand new. They have tens of thousands of multi-star restaurants. Michelin star just came there last year. Um, and if you really look at the map, the Middle East has four of the five richest families in the world Wow, because they produce their own oil hmm. and they don't file taxes. They don't report taxes Wow, right and they made it very easy to do business and set business up over there because they want people to come because they are a desert Wow, so now they're trying to create this opportunity as the biggest city in the world to do everything business you know no crime um, Business and infrastructure. That's why they have the Burj Gleefer. They just mm-hmm. announced the Jacob Tower That's supposed to be the biggest building in the world by far mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and um, they're promoting all these opportunities over there. So for us, it's like I Love it. I'm probably gonna definitely get a crib over there. Yeah. Yeah. What was building relationships the same principles? From over here over there exact same principles, but now it's just when you do international business The main thing you need to understand in any country it are the religion and the cultural norms. Okay, for example um in the uae the one question i get can you dress normal you're a you're a foreigner they expect your girl not to have straps on the sh- they have sh- skin showing mm-hmm. you can have rips in your jeans especially if you're doing it in the region like in dubai You don't want to go out. Now I'm not saying go outside and smack somebody because they will arrest you. They have the fastest police response times. But if you're not a criminal, you should feel very safe. Mm -hmm. And actually, if you are a criminal, they don't have any extradition laws, so a lot of criminals are chilling there now because Mm -hmm. they're not going to cooperate with any outside governments because they don't really need to. Yeah. Right. So, um, I have nothing really bad to say about about what type of food you like. Sushi, Chinese. They got all that. They got. Amazing sushi, amazing Chinese. They got great Jamaican spots because everyone comes there. They bring people there. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's tight. And the main reason I like it, man, is like it's 51 years old, right? The country's mm-hmm. 51 years old. And my ideology is imagine being in New York, 19, call it 19, 1911, right? When the city's early booming and bustling. Pick any industry. If you were the water bottle supplier, if you were the book publisher, if you were the toilet paper supplier, and you've done that at that time, what companies are those now? Right, the Heinz and the Hunts of the everything. world, yeah. yeah, the Hershey's of the world. All these companies were formed in countries during that time. So for me, it's like it's I'm capitalizing, I've built opportunities yeah. and relationships. So now it's like I love bringing someone like you. I love making yeah. someone like a Kevin Hart, mm. or a Travis Scott, whoever over there, and. Introducing them to opportunities that might not necessarily have been there before. That's dope. That's dope. So
1: With all that being said, it sounds like a lot of work average day
0: In Your life work day is what nine to five. Is- oh, no, bro. What, what day I need what give me a day Today Um. Today we're not filming mm-hmm um, oh, okay. Let's say a film day. What does that look like? So, <laughs> it would have been easier to say today. Um, <laughs> we'll get both. All right, all right, boom. So, I'm going to do today first. All right. Or I'll do yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, first call, 4 a.m., um, Nigeria mm-hmm. company. Then I had coffee. Mm-hmm. Then I had some little meditation time. Then I had a call at 7 a.m., mm-hmm. um, UAE. Then because uh, we're not filming, got in the car, gym, left the gym, went to Mr. Harvey's house. Um, he interviewed we interviewed Kamala Harris yesterday, so mm. I was doing all the secrets doing all the secret service stuff. Mm-hmm. Did a Kamala Harris interview, met her, whatever we had to do with her team, left there, uh went to um a company that I started, had a... Uh, Production, a commercial shoot they were doing, so stop by there, yep. check that out. Went to meet with two VC firms for Mister Harvey, um, and then it was six thirty. Uh, went home, and then I had a nine o'clock call with this company in Australia, so it was like yeah, s- early mm-hmm. their time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, went to sleep. So that's like a normal, that's like mm-hmm. a n- not a film day. Um, mm-hmm. And then if it's filming. Uh, same business calls early in the morning. Um, then I'll go to radio. So I'll do radio with Mr. Harvey. he has the number one urban mm-hmm. contemporary radio show. Uh, do radio with him, gym, leave gym, go to set on the way to set. I'm taking whatever calls I missed when I was in the gym or in radio. Mm-hmm. Get to set about ten thirty. Um <clears throat> usually calls I'll do a briefing with him about mm-hmm. whatever information I need. Do a briefing with Brandon whatever I need from him, do a brief with still, whatever I need from her. Go over a call with my team members about whatever we have due. Have about an hour period to kind of, like, time stamp what mm-hmm. I need to focus on. Then the next period is like either meetings or focusing on that. Talk to my team, report that. Um, and then we're usually at set to about 8.30, 9.30 at night. So we work later hours then. Yeah. And then i am go home about nine, get mm-hmm. home like 10.30. Hmm. And then start over in the morning. Jeez. Yeah. I show
1: y'all what it's like, right? I'm just throwing it out there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. It's, and I ask that because a lot of times I think sometimes people say they want to do something. Like, do you do you just want the result or do you actually wanna do the process of that too? Cause because it's almost like it's like, do I just want do I just wanna get the Super Bowl ring? Do I wanna to go to training camp, play every Sunday, be sore all season, have the injuries for the chance to go, or do I just wanna be like, yo? Holding the award, and I yeah. think sometimes in business people get caught up in the highlights, like oh, Dubai
0: or this, but no,
1: the day to day is actually more challenging
0: than just the, yeah. the highlights. Yeah, and even the the Dubai part and all that is really hard. I mean, the hardest part I'll say is probably managing different time zones, but yeah. then I also have a, it's hard because I have a great leadership. Like when I tell you I'm in a I'm in a twenty four seven space of motivation, positivity, and 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 like positive mindset, and like that's why your mindset so important. It was one point when I was working for Mr. Harvey, he was 62, I was 26. Mm -hmm. The same schedule I have, I'm with him all the time, so he's on the same schedule, right? Wow. And for me, how am I going to be tired when I'm literally this guy's age flipped backwards? Mm -hmm. So I think just working for him. When I first started working for him, we worked 61 days in a row. So he was known as the hardest working man in entertainment. He had seven shows on TV, radio show every morning, books, business. He was the hardest working man in entertainment. And From that period he just instilled a work ethic in me like I refuse to let in if he was getting to work at six I'm gonna be there. At 5 5.50 Yeah, if he leaving at 11, whatever I'm gonna wait to see them lights pull off and then go home. It was one period man. I, I was at work What? when we worked in Chicago. I'll be at work every day 430 Cuz you know radio starts at five, at five. mm-hmm Four thirty, be at work all day. We ain't leave to nine thirty at night. And this is when I first started. When I first got the opportunity. When I was mm-hmm. twenty two, and I told you, you offered it to me, right? Yeah. So for me, I feel like I got a work ethic instilled to in me from 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 viewing it, from being around it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. like, I it ain't no one, I don't, nobody, bro. <laughs> I yeah. don't care. And then like, in our company, there's people who I compete with to work and it's like, dang, these results are so good. Why cause we all compete into Yeah. You know. So that's dope. That's dope, man. I love it, bro. Yeah. It,
1: if if you were to start over today in business,
0: where would you start? Selling candy? <laughs> <laughs> nah, so like right now today? Yeah. Um, do I have the same skill sets? Do, mm-hmm. do I have, a, if I yeah, had to start, like, over, yeah, if start if, over, if I lost everything right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, first thing I'll probably be doing is consulting, because yeah. people want to talk. Yeah. Um. I'll probably be doing something in a digital space, because it's some free content that I can make. Yeah. I'll definitely be doing stocks. Um, but honestly, for me, man, uh, I'm leveraging this network I made. Like yeah. Me more importantly than everything, I know what I've done for him. hmm Not only I can go, I go apply that to other people. Yeah. I can go do that for myself. Yeah. Um, I can go raise some money. Yeah. And do it for mm-hmm. other people and myself. Yeah. Um, so if I wasn't doing what I'm doing now, I'd be an entrepreneur, bro. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. What What I think, I, and I could be wrong, but so tell me. But it seems like in your space, in your environment, it's like. Mr Harvey's like also like yo you're working with me, but like I want you to enterprise and kind of do your thing he preaches it yeah and but there's some people that work for people that are like nope look you like yeah. what how one how's that environment and, and two how do you feel like that's important for people to be able to create that one either for other people
0: or you know what I'm saying to, 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 to be in the right environment so one of the best things he ever told me when I first started he was um Mr Harvey said uh sometimes. You have to help somebody achieve their dream to finance yours. Mm -hmm. So while I'm helping Mr. Harvey make these billions of dollars that he wants to make, I am at the same time, simultaneously, earning checks and opportunities and whatever you need to finance mine. So if I'm practicing delayed gratification and taking this two years to save up X amount of checks that I'm not spending, Mm -hmm. then I'll have money to participate. And either opportunities that I see with him, mm-hmm. opportunities I might see with you, opportunities I might come across on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, for me, was the first lesson that I learned. And then what I'll say, he is—he wants to create a thousand millionaires. Wow. You know? And um, it's really just from him, man. It's like, I can't be around someone so great and doing so many good things and not absorb the sauce. like Yeah if you cooking the main fire over here and I'm a little chicken over here, I'm going to get some seasoning, some flame. <laughs> this side, one side might be Fat. cooked, but I'm going to pick up something. Yeah. And wow. to look at him be as successful as he is, he, his motto to me is ABC, always be closing. Mm-hmm. And he, use him, for example. He has seven TV shows and a radio show, and he always keeps adding more. Want to know why? Because when they take one away, he has another one going. Yeah. right and so that's his mindset in TV That was a mindset that I picked up there's only one job you can't be fired from no matter how good you are and that's the one you create for yourself right and I love my job I'm not saying I'm leaving anytime soon but however if I see my boss with seven eight income streams and jobs why wouldn't I also have seven eight income streams and jobs now that's my number one focus and that's my number one uh, obligation and I'm gonna make one billion dollars and end that you know, he allows us, he's a generous guy. He allows us, if we're investing in X, Y, Z, his investment's done. and there's some more stuff on the table, I can go ahead and put $10,000, 50000 100000 on the investment with him. Mm. Right? So now I'm, I'm financing my dreams from helping him achieve his, helping him make $5 million. I might make $25,000. Yeah. Wasn't, he wasn't making that before? Yeah. And then I take that twenty five thousand or I take fifteen of that twenty five thousand plus the original money and do it again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm investing forty thousand. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's like, Okay, I see how this works. Yeah. You know, so Smart. Yeah, man. And then he just practices preaches his enterprise. He knows that all of us aren't gonna work for him forever. hmm You know? Um, look at Ellie, for example. Ellie is someone who's probably gonna be one of the biggest talents in the world. Mm-hmm. Steve so Harvey's gonna cultivate, and then let's go. I say it's the Steve Harvey School of like business. Like everybody who really comes out this school, if y'all really listen, there's no way you're not gonna be successful because it's 24/7 drill camp, boot camp, yeah, whatever it is, man. So I love it. I love it, bro.
1: That's dope. I've learned a lot, man. Just in literally, it's both sides of like the, the, what you've been able to go through. And this is just a, a little short conversation. So yeah. I can imagine, like you said, every day. Any businesses, like, today, like, you you like, man, I, I want to venture out into this. You haven't done
0: it yet. Anything you want to get into that you haven't got into yet? Me, per, For me personally or for yeah, Steve Harvey? For you. Um, for me personally, man, I, I, so, like I said, Ms. Harvey allows us to have our own businesses, mm-hmm. uh, especially as long as it doesn't conflict in anything and we're doing a, a good job. You can't have a business and not be performing your job because then he's going to say you're not focused, right? Yep. Um... But I have my company, the Stevens Group, uh, and we we basically focus in like strategic joint ventures. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've developed a skill set, I've developed a relationship. Um, Where I'm looking at right now is just leveraging the contacts and things I have in the in the Middle East and Africa mm-hmm. um, on the big part. Uh, relationships is funny that you said that, like I said earlier, because people are now kind of like referring to me as like the plug, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just I told you I do things for out of like kindness in my heart yeah you know for sure I meet somebody next day introduce them to a extremely influential figure yeah and they'll appreciate that the mm-hmm. figure doesn't really care but to them it's like <laughs> I changed their life right <laughs> right yeah, yeah and now I look up and now they're doing interviews and the figure might be a partner or they might be allowed to co-invest right or yeah, might get invited to a dinner right yeah. and it's like damn you really helped cultivate that relationship and even though you really didn't do anything else people really might attest that towards you right, Yeah. and um because of just doing that for so long, people are calling. Me. Like I, I became known for, of course, forty um, X and Steve Harvey's money in sixteen months, mm-hmm. um, being the plug and connecting people, yep. doing business in the UAE, mm-hmm. so and establishing his businesses in the UAE. So if those are the three things that I'm known for. You know, it's about time to start yeah. looking and leveraging those, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, so right now, I'm looking at taking a few franchises over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's a media entity that I'm looking to acquire uh, on the continent mm-hmm. and I scale that. Um, it's just, I mean, it's so many opportunities, man. I work yeah. with a lot of different businesses and mm-hmm. brands, um, like help with operations and scaling. Yep. Um, but like my overall goal, man, is a uh, make Steve Harvey this billion. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm gonna make by, by, probably about fifty, a hundred million during mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then um, I just want freedom, man. I want yeah. the ability to talk to you, and mm-hmm. you tell me you don't expose. Like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. We should do that. Yeah. I want to have a, a strategic. I have a strategic joint ventures firm. Yeah. So a lot of people come by, and even if I can't do anything, I'll, I'll connect them with someone who's looking to do it. And yeah. I have so many. Um, very influential people reaching out to me right now, asking me to kind of do their business and stuff. Yeah. Of course, I'm holding off because, you know, I'm focusing on SH, but, yeah. you know, it's always an opportunity there once I scale out some operations and things like that. So yeah. freedom is my overall next step. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it.
1: Um, I'll ask you
0: this. I know you told me
1: about one of these early in your career. I don't know if you've had any since then, but I always have a segment on the show called Breakdown, the Breakthrough. Mm-hmm. And I know for me in my life, I've always, like I've had a set of breakdowns, and there's some lessons I learned, and if I learn the lessons and apply it, I can get out and break through to the next level. Have you had any breakdowns in, in your career? Since I know you talked about the first one with the the shipping containers. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you have had some other ones, some lessons you gathered that was allow you to, that was able to, you know, allow you to break through?
0: Um, for sure, all the time. But like I said, I have a mentorship circle where I talk about them with them so quickly that I, I learn the lessons. But I, I'll tell you my most, I think my most recent one, Um. you want the actual like story of like what happened? Yeah, whatever you want to share. What are you So, I was working on an international deal. Um super high profile talent out of the states. Um with a vendor in Ireland or some Amsterdam mm-hmm. or something, right? Mm-hmm. And uh during the deal, um was bait off relationships. Mm-hmm. I have a relationship with a guy who 100% trusts me. And because of that trust, he without a doubt introduced me into this high-profile talent who was extremely hard to get, right? Mm-hmm. And I at the time didn't even think about how important it was just kind of maintaining those levels of trust and transparency and everything. And I didn't one hundred percent vet out my my buyer on, on the on the European side, mm-hmm. so um, I actually trust going going wrong on, all, on multiple parts. So the mm-hmm. yeah, guy I trusted. Um, he said it was a reputable dude It was a reputable co- company um, We end up going through Call it two-month legal process Get the document and the deal signed The deal's closed, signed This is the Friday morning that The is supposed to be saying These people are going blue, right? So we keep pushing it back Keep pushing it back In the deal um, The buyer end up saying something like Yeah, I know we agreed to this But it's too high And for the super high-profile talent This is his first time doing anything with me Mm-hmm. He probably didn't know me from Joe Blow, mm-hmm. right? But he knew my trusted source and then my background after we met. And um, I actually leveraged one of Brandon's relationships because that's how you know relationships are everything, right? Yeah. So his name was out based off his trust on me blindly without even knowing anything or having anything to do with the deal. Deal ends up falling through to the point the relationship that we bought. Was messed up. His relationship was now messed up with this talent. And I'm talking about. This is a world class Grammy. You know, mm-hmm. it's only ten. Of them, right. Mm-hmm. And um, what I learned from that lesson, man, is like what. So anyway, Brandon ended up helping me fix it up and everything cleared up and everything's cool now. Now we still haven't done business with that talent, but the lesson that I learned from it was like, man, um, don't rush. I don't have to rush the play. I don't have you know. to rush the game if it feels basketball I'd be like let the game come to you don't yeah. force the game don't force the ball and I was trying to force this play so right. much super would be like a six-figure payday for everybody involved mm-hmm. right um, don't rush to play so much that I miss minor details Yeah, you know, like the key are in the little details mm-hmm you know yeah. um, typically I do a multi-level background check you can tell the company's reputation all that stuff worked out um, yeah. But I guess I didn't vet the manager who I was dealing with from the company, right? Got it. And um, I say that to say like it's all in the little details. And um, the lesson that Brandon taught me, because he was kind of mad at me too. And, like he's never been mad at me. He was like, "Man, welcome to the big leagues." Hmm. And I was like, "Yeah, this ain't the minors anymore. You don't, you don't, you don't get mess ups, right?" Yeah and a reputation that I have been spending eight years to build Brandon's been spending 27 28 years to build was gone in five minutes three minutes bro like wow and it's like you have to be so cautious about what you put your name on what you put your reputation on what you bring to other people in this relationship world because a lifetime will work Go away in five minutes. Yeah, that's a fact. So yeah, so that's why I learned that from that. So now, I mean, we've done more deals since, but not with this talent. Mm-hmm. And even now, when people want this talent, I'm like, I need to have the money in escrow. Like I need to have it in my like, position yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying before I even made it introduction. So that's my most recent lesson yeah. and blessing, man. Little details for yeah. sure.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing because it's, it's lessons in it all. And I think you know, um, more conversations we can have, even if it's just like as men. Yeah. I think it's it's just like men or and women, you know what I'm saying, ladies. I know. Yeah. But like, I sometimes people don't share. They only share the wins, and they don't share really where the the lessons come from. Is either you know because most lessons either come from your loss or somebody else's loss.
0: Yeah, that you've been around. Yeah,
1: and so you know, I, I always tell people you got to respect wisdom because somebody else paid the paid the price for that pain, and so you don't got to pay it. So you got to appreciate the wisdom because it, it can it can save you a world of heartache and
0: pain. And that's it. why mentorship is so important, man. Yeah. Mate, I everyone's like, what's the number one key to success? I tell them, find a mentor, bro. Mm-hmm. I don't care if they're not anywhere in the field that you want to be in. Mm-hmm. My goal was always to learn. If I can learn one thing from you, mm-hmm. one thing from you, one thing from you, I'll be 1% better. Mm-hmm. There's 1% better than you. And if I do that and give that information to someone else, he mm-hmm. gonna be one percent better than me. It's really a real each one teach each one situation. Yeah, that's right. fact.
1: So I love it, bro. Appreciate well you. I appreciate you uh you coming here and sharing the game with the people.
0: I appreciate um, you having man this is nice. <laughs> <Thank> you, <bro. laughs> I don't know who else <laughs> been here yet, but it is nice. <laughs> <laughs> Teleprompters, five cameras. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, bro.
1: Appreciate it, man. You put a lot of energy into it. Um I, anytime somebody come on the show, man, I want to I bless them with something. Philly, I don't know if you got the...
0: I've been waiting on my swag, guys. You know what I'm saying? But I'm probably bigger from the last time I told them my size because I've been working out.
1: Oh, okay. What size are you now? What size I tell you? was? I thought you said medium.
0: Well, I'm probably a large now the way I'm working out.
1: Well, I think there's a medium, but I'm going to get you a large. Right, don't dude, worry about cool. it. <laughs> but cool. I got you. Uh, one, obviously, y'all know we got the the new aCLs brand, but
0: I know you're in the leadership role. And
1: yeah. And you know, I love... John Maxwell, I don't know. Hopefully, you don't get that book, but
0: no, no, no that's my guy, man.
1: I mean, yeah. We do, we did uh, some good business, man. So that one's
0: the the leader's greatest return, and that one's my so God. It's
1: like the newest definition of. Uh, hey,
0: if it ain't millions and billions, I don't want it. Facts. I don't <laughs> want it. Thank you, bro. Yeah,
1: absolutely, bro. Much love, man, and, and congratulations uh, to you and Brady on uh, you know marriage that's coming up, man. It's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be big. Oh yeah, I'm out for and uh and huge, and uh, you know just excited for everything you're doing, bro.
0: Man, thank you, bro. I mean, listen, when you asked me to do this, I don't know how long it took me to say yes, but I know it wasn't long. But (laughs) honestly, man, like, I just love what you got going on and what you're doing for the people because at the end of the day, mentorship's important. I don't don't care how they got to get their mentor. If it's digital, Mm -hmm. if it's physical. yeah. If you could pay $1,000, not to lose ten thousand, dollars would you do it if you Absolutely. could pay a thousand dollars to make a million would you do it so yeah. like you just gotta invest in yourself man because that's really the most important investment you can make
1: yeah i love it well i appreciate you coming bro and uh the impact you're making the business that you're shaking up you know what i'm saying it's great put, to see put me on on front street i appreciate yeah, it yeah i love it i love it man well listen y'all y'all see y'all know what we do yeah you top plays from top entrepreneurs and influencers in the space uh y'all just gotta play from tabidi go run it we'll see y'all Going on. Listen. Make sure you guys go to runtheplaystore.com. Get your official Run to Play gear. We talk about shirts, socks, jackets for everybody that's run to play all across the world. Are you ready? We're going to run the play. Let's Do you go. know what it's
0: like to, to come from nothing at all? But every day you just wanting it all. Do you know what it's like? Every day fixing your fear, but believing that your blessing is near. Do you know what it's like
1: growing up broken the most but still being devoted the most do you know what it's like yeah